What was going on inside this man? If he approached Jesus as someone who was looking for more, why did he turn down Christ's invitation then? I invite you tonight to look into this man's soul because his drama is the drama of each one of us. Here's a man who, who wants something more and he's about to go for it. And then at the last minute, he backs up because he says, it's too much. It's not possible. It's not going to work. And that something more could mean the priesthood. It could mean consecrated life. It could mean your mission in life. It could mean getting serious about your faith. Here's what I think was going on in, with this man. He was made for something great, as we all were. But the depth of his soul was not engaged in anything. Even in his faith life, he felt like he was just checking all the boxes, confession, mass, prayers. It still felt unexciting. And that's what happens also with us when the core of our soul is inactive. We're only engaged at the surface level. We feel something is missing and it's, it's boring. And when that happens, there's two ways we use to cope with that. One is to get really busy, is to do a lot of things, fill our schedule with stuff and things to do. And then when it's too much, then we seek for entertainment because we feel bored. But you still get a sense that there, there's all this unused potential inside your soul. There's this profound disengagement. You can say, yeah, my um, practical problem solver is engaged. The instant gratification monkey is engaged, but my deep thinking spirit is not. It's absent. This is how a great thinker, Blaise Pascal, put it. He said, all our life passes in this way. We seek rest by struggling against certain obstacles, and once they are overcome, rest proves intolerable because of the boredom it produces. Rest proves intolerable because of how boring it is. And so when that happens, you look for the next obstacle to overcome, and the cycle begins again. You're busy, you're stressed out, entertainment, bored. BC, entertain, bored. What breaks that cycle? Um, moments in which something you do resonates deeply in your soul. There's, there's something, someone you love, maybe, and you're doing things for that person, and so something feels different. Maybe you're studying for a class that is connected with your purpose in life. And so it's, it's not much of an effort. You do it joyfully. Or you're helping your, your best friend organize his wedding. So even sending emails becomes more exciting. Or you're planning this great family reunion or camping trip. But then it's only a moment, right? Then you go back to normal mode and it's boring again. And you may wonder, would it be possible to live like that all the time? my soul more deeply engaged. And most people would say to that, no, that, that doesn't happen. Uh, that's, it's not a thing. And that's what it was where this man was at. 
it's not possible to live. I mean, I, I had to just get adjusted to my feeling bored and unexcited. And then he met Jesus. Then he met Christ. And then, then he says, well, wait, wait a second. The intensity, the joy, the love that radiates from him. I never seen anything like that. And that's, why, that's what prompted him to go and ask him this question. You know, and it still happens today. I think at the root of many conversions and vocations is something similar to that encounter. Uh, this week, many of us, the priests, were in this convention with, in, in the coast, and we had the, many speakers, and one of them was Sister Miriam James Heidland. She's an amazing speaker. And she was sharing with us how her conversion took place. She says she was a college, college athlete, Division I volleyball player, but she was coping, dealing with a lot of trauma in her life. She was alcoholic. She was trying to recover from many things. And in those years, she met a priest in campus ministry that was an inspiration to her and, and many students. And she said, I don't think it was mainly what he preached about, the content, but rather it was something that emanated from his person, like a connection with Christ. And she, she, she thought back then, I don't know what he has, but whatever that is, I want it. Whatever that is, I want that. You know, there will be moments in your life when you meet someone like that or you experience the reality of God and his love for you, when you realize it is possible to break through that cycle of stress, entertainment, boredom. It's possible for my soul to become engaged. You know, it's common, it's a, the most common idea today is to think that Christianity goes against your desires. People may think, well, you're a Catholic. Oh, that's, that's really tough. That's really boring, right? You have to deny yourself all the time. What a gloomy life. What we rarely hear about is how much Christ connects with your deepest desires. Christ does, but my clicker is not connecting. Okay. No big deal. Christ connects, <laughs> how much Christ connects with your deepest desires. You know, he's, he's the only one who can actually fulfill those desires. And without Christ, what happens is that we often end up repressing those deep desires we have, deep desires for, to know God, to be close to Him, for holiness, for giving of ourselves, for being a good influence upon other people, for giving life, for um, adventure and greatness. All these deep desires get buried deep inside of us because only with Christ you can discover them, really. And that's maybe the first practical thing I'd like to, to take away tonight. When those deep desires are awakened in your soul, don't dismiss them. Don't run away from them. It's like when you're surfing in the sea and you see one of these big waves coming and you may think, well, I'll let this one go by. It's a bit, maybe it's too big for me. No, jump on it. Surf that wave. When these big desires come, don't let them slip by. Maybe, have you experienced those deep desires for great things? To know God, to use your talents in meaningful ways, to discover your purpose. When you detect those deep desires, 
hold on to them, expand on them, dream about, dream what your life could be like if you follow them. And think maybe what steps could I take to make that dream become a, a reality. The second thing to do is to overcome the one thing that represses those desires, and that's fear. Fear is the number one factor that represses that. It's not a good guide, but we listen to fear all the time. Fear of the unknown, fear of sacrifices, the fear of letting go of some comfort or security or possession. We're back. There you go. Number one, number two. And you know what happens is that most of the times it's not fear of something huge. It's fear of petty things. Oh, I don't want to go missing my morning coffee or my little nap or my, my game. It's amazing how much we can sacrifice huge possibilities we have for such tiny things that are insignificant in comparison. You know, one of my friends, he's uh, a great priest, he, when he was discerning his vocation back in college, he was really into rugby. And he came to a point in which he almost gave up discernment because, well, he thought, if I become a priest, I won't be able to play rugby so much. He was training twice a week, games on the weekend. But he said, well, I'll keep the door open. I'll keep discerning. And a season later, many of his friends graduated, so they couldn't be in the team anymore. And rugby already looked like, felt less engaging for him. And the following season after that, he, he got really busy with school. And so he said, I cannot keep this commitment. I think I need to go for soccer, tennis, something else. So basically, he ended up quitting rugby on his own without giving it much thought. And then he was sharing with me. He says, Lucas, can you imagine? This life is amazing. It's the greatest adventure I could ever imagine, I could have imagined. And I almost missed it. I almost turned it down for rugby, a game that I already gave up anyways. I wasn't so interested a couple of years later. You see how fears are so short-sighted. They make sacrifices look huge, and actually they make you lose sight of the promises that Christ has for you. And the promises are true, let me tell you. When you, when you give up something to be with Christ, to take that step of faith, he will not disappoint. He will give you a hundred times over. And I can tell you the intensity of life, the depth of relationships, the excitement that I've discovered following Christ. It's not like nothing I experienced before that. So I can say how true it is what he says. You know, you give us something for him, he'll give you back a hundredfold. So what are those deep desires that Jesus may want you to unearth in your soul. What are those? And what are the fears that he's challenging you to overcome? And then how much do you really want to break that cycle of stress and boredom in your life? Do you really want to fully engage all the potential you were, you were made for? 